I am Gian, the founding pastor of Victory Church, and I would like to invite you to join us in this worship service 282, March 20th. The first thing that I will suggest you is to think about this. Are you one of those people that lose the cool all the time? The angry redhead is a stereotype, and we will talk more about it. What if you go to our website, vchurch.us, and download the bulletin of this teaching? The other way to do it is if, if you are watching this through a big TV in the comfort of your home, whether it's through the YouTube channel or our Roku channel, just grab your phone, point towards the camera, towards a QR code, and then you will be able to download the bulletin of this teaching. Thank you so much for being here. I want to thank you so much to all the people that are helping us to be, for us to be able to broadcast and do what we can do online. Thank you so much for your contributions, especially our beautiful church members. You know that without your help, we cannot do this. The good Lord is blessing us and everybody is welcome to participate in this particular action of giving. But my beautiful church members, I love you, everybody. Thank you so much for your help. Thank you, Sebastian and Tracy, for your work here with us in Victory Church. And now we are going to talk about the angry red head. You know that there is a stereotype here. People talk about the, the red head. They say that they, they are uh, Irish, that they lose the cool quickly. But honestly, I have seen that with Italians, with Mexicans, with Guatemalans. Puerto Ricans, you name it, people from El Salvador, Argentina, China. Are you going to tell me that people in Germany do not lose their cool? <laughs> of course, everybody has a problem with that once in a while. That is the purpose of this message. Angry Redhead, today from Odessa, Texas. Thank you so much. Welcome to our broadcast. I am Gian. Very, very happy to spend time with you here, and I thank you for your investment in time. We start by reading part of the scripture that comes from the letter of the Apostle Paul to the Ephesians, chapter number 4 and verse 26, and we read, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, dear Lord, guide us through this reflection. The scripture says, when you are angry, don't let that anger make you sin, and do not stay angry all day. <laughs> do not stay angry all day. So that's a problem, right? Why is that? Well, because some people get so upset about things that is not just the whole day. Sometimes it's the whole week. For some other people, it's the whole month. For other individuals, it's the whole year. And for some people, it could be their whole life being angry. Now, some others, they say, you know what? I don't have that problem. Well, I want you to know something. Words are important. Would you agree with me? Words are very important. The, Bible's, the Bible will not have a verse like this if it's not true. Do you know the difference between the word if and the word when? <laughs> you know, it doesn't say if you are angry, it says when you are angry. Now we are all in the same category, right? We all, we all are in the same level. Yes, indeed. You get upset. I get upset. 
Everybody does it. Why is that? Well, for whatever reason. There are so many reasons why people can get upset. But the point is, the scripture today is about learning to keep the cool and learning to handle anger. I want to give you great secrets about that, so stay connected with me. But I will, ask, I will love to start by telling you that anger takes away of you six beautiful things that you possess. The first thing is you're going to lose your peace. As soon as you get upset, you lose all the peace. And then you lose part of your reasoning. Suddenly, you are not thinking. You are so <laughs> aggravated. And for some reason, you start to think hopeless. Because you are thinking, I already told these people to do this. I already told my this, my that. I already said this many times. They have the codes. They have the passwords. They have the instructions. They, they have been in training. Blah, 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 blah. You give all the reasons and suddenly you just feel hopeless. And what happens after that? Well, after that, there is no more joy. The joy that you had before that incident, it's gone. And guess what happens around you? The harmony that you have been building to have with everybody around you disappears. There is no more equilibrium in your life equation. Simple as that. Because anger does bad things to you. Probably the most important thing that I want you to consider is how anger can cloud your understanding. Simply, you are not able to process, my friend. And that's not a good idea. It's not a good idea because that is exactly what makes the difference between humans and animals. And sometimes people that are under the control of anger attacks, you know what happens? Terrible things. Maybe you have been part of that as a victim or just a, as a participant, or maybe you are the one which in an anger attack, you have done terrible things because anger without control can cloud your understanding. Simple as that. Now, if we go directly to the level of spiritual things, you know that anger without control invokes demons from hell. Just like that. You know, hell is a place that exists where Satan and all his bodies are hanging out, and they will until the day when they are going to be finally destroyed. But today they are in hell. All that you can expect there is exactly the opposite of heaven. Hell is a horrible place. There is hostility, chaos, bad, horrible things. So when people are under anger attacks and they don't have the ability to take control of the situation, take control of their emotions, anger out of control basically is an invocation of demons that are so willing to come from hell 
and of course, make a mess around you and in you. That's not good. You as a believer know very well that if there is some, something that will quench the Holy Spirit inside of you, it's anger. Sin, of course, is a bad, terrible thing. But anger has a particular power, you know. You know what is interesting about anger is how your heart gets so hard. Have you noticed that? When you are upset, suddenly you are tense. You are even your expression, your body language, your face, the way that you speak. And then, of course, with no ability to process things right, you start to think certain things, say certain things, do certain things, which are sin. As a result of that, you quench the Holy Spirit. And all that because somebody upset you. And I'm not saying that person did something good to you. We, we all know there are reasons why people get upset, right? But the thing is, anger can destroy lives. You know that. Probably you know cases of that. But an anger attack can take people even to the point of murdering and killing each other. Individuals that are not able to handle anger the right way, they are destroying their organs. Their health is being affected because they allow everything, even single little things, upset them to the point that they are absolutely a chaos. So anger destroys lives, your health, and what about your finances? This is the main point. Why, while you are making wrong decisions and then you start destroying things, throwing things, you lose contracts, you make wrong decisions, you know, <laughs> it takes you in a path of destruction. You lose your job, you lose customers, you, <laughs> you lose good friends, people that were helping you, so your finances are destroyed. And naturally, families are destroyed with anger attacks. Even your own business for those who are business owners. Just because they lost the cool, something bothered them. And that thing escalated and escalated and escalated to the point of destroying totally their business. I want to give you today biblical examples of people under the influence of anger. And you might think, oh, well, I know. I know a lot of evil people, evil doers in the Bible. And, well, yeah, but not everybody necessarily. However, unfortunately, the first example is precisely Cain. We find this story in the chapter number four of the book of Genesis. In the verse six, the Lord asked Cain, why are you angry? Why does your face look sad? Have you noticed that when someone is upset, sometimes the expression is not anger? Yes, of course. You are upset. You are angry. You, you will display anger in your face. But sometimes it's not angry. 
It's not anger what you express. You express sadness. It's interesting, right? Because there is a point of frustration. Here in this particular scenario, what is what happened? Well, both of them, Cain and Abel, they were instructed by their parents that in the right time they should worship God. Not just by the prayers, not just by giving things verbally, but in an act of, uh, act of adoration through an offering, through material things. Like uh, today we do with money and offerings when we write checks or we give online. It's an act of adoration to God. They were instructed by their parents to do it. For some reason, there was a moment that Cain didn't get it right. The Lord was pleased with Abel and his offering, but the Lord was not pleased with Cain and his offering. Now, here's the first thing that I want you to understand about anger is that sometimes we make mistakes, whether it's because we don't know or we ignore the instruction or we wanted to do it that way. For whatever reason, we make a mistake. Cain, get it right. I'm sorry, Abel, get it right. Cain did it. So he made a mistake. Like you make a mistake, like I make a mistake. But the problem is when we are confronted by people, not always we are willing to talk about the issue and trying to make things work. Sometimes we try to hide the situation or avoid the confrontation because after all, who likes confrontation? <laughs> Nobody likes confrontation. But when you are making a mistake, my friend, and somebody is confronting you. This is the first advice that I want to give you today. Try to understand the correction. And as much as you can be upset, try to keep the cool. And if you see in the first place that there is something that you didn't do right, that you didn't say right, stop right there and apologize. It's a great secret what I am giving you. As soon as you do something wrong and somebody tells you you did wrong, take into consideration that you might be mistaken, that you didn't do it right. So consider that possibility. And if suddenly you see that that was a mistake, don't try to defend it. You know, when you are trying to defend your position, in the eyes of somebody that already noticed that you did wrong, especially if that person is smart, is God talking to Cain? <laughs> is your supervisor talking to you? Who is the one in authority? Is your leader in your team? Whoever is this person that is older than you, that has authority and power in your life, somehow, a mentor, a leader, an influencer, a teacher, your pastor, your friend, a mentor, and that person is confronting you, telling you that you did something wrong, something is not okay, you better stop it there. That is the first mistake that people make all the time. They don't want to admit it right away, 
they want to escalate and defend what cannot be defended. I hope you are getting this. It's extremely important for your future. As soon as you are confronted with a mistake, right there, stop it. Accept it and apologize. Unfortunately, Cain didn't do that. It's the classic mistake of the many of us that when somebody says, in authority especially, this is not right, we just keep on going. And then, a few verses afterwards, verses 10 and 10, Then the Lord said, What have you done? You killed your brother. His blood is shouting to me from the ground. How about that? The anger that Cain experienced, the jealousy, the frustration, it doesn't matter. He lost totally control of himself to the point of killing his own brother. And it was calculated, my friend. I don't have time here to show you the steps, but he calculated it in a very cold way. The assassination, the murder of his own brother. Out of anger. And you know what? The outcome of Cain was not good. Now, next passage, Numbers chapter 20, verses 10 and 11. Moses said, you people are always complaining. Now, listen to me. I will cause water to flow from this rock. Moses lifted his arm and hit the rock twice. Water began flowing from the rock. Now, you have to understand what is the context here. The Israelites were led by Moses, miracle after miracle, and they were a bunch of complainers. Moses is tired. We all get tired. Sometimes you get tired. You are doing the right thing. You are so godly. You are so patient, so tolerant. You are just doing the best you can to help everybody. You are not looking for anything for yourself. But like we say, right, it's just one more drop of water. Now, you can think, well, but what is wrong with hitting the rock twice, you know? Well, first of all, the Lord told him just to hit it. He didn't say twice. But that's not the most important problem here. I want you to see it in verse 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, now the two of them are in trouble. You did not trust me enough to honor me and show the people that I am holy. You did not show the Israelites that the power to make the water came from me. Now, if you read for a moment, this is the problem. The verse... The previous verse, Moses says, I will cause water to flow from this rock. You see? Now, Aaron was there. He didn't say anything. He didn't stop Moses or anything. So somehow, Aaron was with Moses on this. So here's another very interesting thing. Sometimes when you are working with somebody in a joint venture, husband and wife, uh, father and son, whatever equation it is, you know, in association with somebody. 
you can get in trouble because the other party can do something that is wrong. In this case, Aaron got the same treatment. Now, he didn't say anything. It was totally Moses. But I need you to see that. It's very important. If you are part of a group, family, association, whatever, when you see somebody doing something wrong, like in this case, that Aaron heard Moses saying, I will make <laughs> the water to come out. You know, this is something that Aaron should stop and say, Moses, that's not right. Hey, Moses, don't hit the rock twice. No, he could, but he didn't. So that is the reason why out of anger, because Moses was tired, he made this mistake. And it cost him a lot. He never came into the promised land. This is part of the issue. There was another plan in, in the Lord's mind for that. And I'm not going here to discuss that particular thing either because of time. But I want you to see this. If you are tired, there are more possibilities that you will lose your cool than when you feel rested. Sometimes you can get angry, my friend, easily because you are not sleeping enough. You are not eating right. It's not just the circumstances. The circumstances were bad. People were complaining. We get that. But what he said, what he was thinking, Moses, was not right. He was tired. So when you are tired, it's better if you try to recuperate, go, whatever you can rest a little. So many people say that a nap in the middle of the day could be refreshing. And, and I have seen that in my personal life. But also I have seen that in many other people. Usually I don't take naps. Unfortunately, if I take a nap, never is a quick nap. I take long naps. And when I do that in the weekend, for example, later I regret it because I have trouble to go to sleep in the night. But uh, they say that a, a nap is refreshing. I have seen that. More importantly is your night of rest and eating well. So I gave you another Example here, this is described in the first book of Samuel, chapter 14, in verses 19. They, they tell us the story of Saul, the first king of Israel. You know, he was in a process between battles and trying to convince people to do this. And one of the things that he was doing is he wanted to have God and and the people of Israel, the holy people, the priests, and everybody on his side. So Saul was talking to Ahihah, the priest, waiting, waiting for advice from God. Listen to this. But the noise and confusion in the Philistine camp was growing and growing. Noise and confusion in that area. Saul was becoming impatient. Finally, he said to Ahab, the priest, that's enough. Put your hand down and stop praying. Loud noises, confusion around you could be another reason to lose the cool. 
Now here, Saul is going not just against his specific orders from God about how to wait on the Lord's answer to know what to do. He was even defiant to the Lord God himself when he said to the priest, stop praying. Enough. You know, in other words, he was saying, I got this. <laughs> I got this. Now, how many times we say that? I get this. I got this. I got it. I got it. Well, of course, if you have to do something, you know, and you know how to do this particular little task, you, you can say something like that. I got this. You know, can you do this? I got it. You know, it's a common expression. But here, the problem was more than an expression. And probably reading chapter 15, verses 17 through 18, will give you a better understanding. So this happens afterwards. The prophet Samuel came to the scene. And, and then in another situation, Samuel said, in the past, he's talking to Saul, right? In the past, you didn't think you were important. But the Lord chose you to be the king. So you became king of Israel. Then the Lord sent you on a special mission. Why didn't you listen to the Lord? You did what the Lord said is wrong because you wanted to keep what you took in battle. So Saul was going through a season at this point and everything begins when suddenly he started to gain self-confidence. I have said many times to everybody, Practice, 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 master what you do, because you must have self-confidence. And I keep insisting in saying that. But that self-confidence has to be on the ability, on the skill, as a result of practicing, being a master in what you do. But the trust of your heart where your real confidence must be. And I have said this too. Cannot be on your skill or on your ability or in yourself. It has to be on the Lord. Now, Saul was somebody special, definitely, before he was called to be a king. But he didn't have that idea. I am a king, you know, that projection in his mind. In fact, he never thought that he was that important. Although he had attributes, he never thought of himself as somebody so important. But unfortunately, he got this wrong idea. Well, actually, I am really important. I'm the king. Look how this is another scenario where Probably in the past, you were not that important. Suddenly, the Lord blesses you and gives you importance. So now you are starting to think that you are really, really important to the point that you simply disregard God's messages. You just disregard what the Lord says. And you say, no, I got this. No, you, you got nothing, <laughs> my friend. You, are you listening? You got nothing. You are in control of Nothing. Nothing. In any moment, you can lose everything. You think that you have everything figured out, that you have things under control. You can be thinking about money, of course, 
your job, your career, your business, whatever has to do with material things, you think you have everything figured it out? Money management, banks, investments, insurances, you think you have all figured it out? CPA, attorneys, contracts, all that. You have it all figured out. That's what you think. Everything can change just like this. Just like that. And why, why this story is important? Because it shows us that when, when the Lord is blessing somebody, we cannot make the same mistake. Because then anything will upset you. And it's so easy to see that. It's very simple to see it. It's very common. You talk to somebody that doesn't have any income, any job, is, is an unimportant person, if you like, that person will take a lot of, a lot, before loses his school, because he says, I don't, want my, I don't want more problems. They become somehow more humble. But observe people with money, just how they behave in the store, in the restaurant. Give me this, give me that. The blessings of God are not for that. The blessings the Lord God gives us, like a point of importance in life, or money, authority, power, those are blessings so we can serve better the rest, to show them the path, not to mistreat the rest just because you happen to have the money so you can treat anybody the way that you want. You are the new supervisor, so you think that you can just talk to people the way that you want. No, my friend. Don't make that mistake. Keep the, the humility in your heart, because if you allow these wrong ideas going in your head, suddenly you will just think, I got this. I control this. That's why Saul lost the kingdom and his life eventually. <laughs> now, on Sunday, March 27, next Sunday, on our worship service 283, I'll be talking to you about the fool. It's a very interesting message. And of course, being April, <laughs> so close, April's full day, I think it's important to talk about the fool. Not like a joke, but in reality, what is what the Bible says? A fool is. I'm going to talk to you about that. All right. Next example in the Bible comes in the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 54. So when those in the council meeting heard Stephen, they became very angry. Who are these people? They are leaders of the Israelites and their, their religion. Stephen was a deacon, somebody serving, helping, preaching, okay? So when they heard the Stephen, that he was explaining the scripture leading to the Lord Jesus, they were so mad, they were grinding their teeth at him. Wow. Now, have you seen people upset to that degree? I know you have. Sometimes we see that in little, in little kids, right? But when you see that in an adult, 
first of all, you feel sorry for this person. Because you think, wow, this person has serious problems to control their anger. anger. But second, you start to think, this person can be dangerous. Right? And some people think, he is demon-possessed. Well, imagine what kind of anger these people have if we continue reading verse 58. They took Stephen out of the city and began throwing stones at him. The men who told lies against Stephen gave their coats to a young man named Saul. This is not the king. This is years later. This is Saul, which afterwards became Paul, the preacher, the pastor, the apostle, the writer, the disciple of the Lord Jesus, the one who wrote the scripture scripture we read to the Ephesians. Imagine the scenario. Stephen was talking about Jesus, describing the scripture, narrating with eloquence and accuracy based on the scriptures why Jesus is the Messiah. But they, the ones hearing in this council meeting, were so angry that they decided to kill him, throwing stones at him. Killing somebody for disagreements of God? Religion? What kind of people are those? You see, anger is something that actually takes control over people. It's an invocation to demons from hell. And here we have Paul, which in those days was also a persecutor of the church. So, being part of this thing. (laughs) So you tell me if anger is not an issue for everybody, right? But if you are wondering, does the Lord God get angry? Well, the answer is yes. And I'll show you here in Matthew chapter 21, one example of what happened to the Lord Jesus himself. Jesus went into the temple area. He threw out all those who were selling and buying things there. And he turned over their tables. He really made a mess there. So he was really angry. Was he? Very, very angry. And then in verse 13, Jesus said to them, The scriptures say, My temple will be called a house of prayer, but you are changing it into a hiding place for thieves. That was the reason. The Lord Jesus was defending the scripture. And he threw them out of the temple, turned the tables over, kicked them out of the area. He was angry. And he gave his reason. (laughs) Isn't it interesting? 
I will tell you why I am upset, guys, the Lord Jesus says. Because this place should be a house of prayer. But you are making of this place a place just for thieves. Because they are not even doing right, honest businesses. You are stealing. You are lying. You are cheating on people. That's two counts here in this case. You see? There are things that are just wrong. And reasonably, you will be angry for it. Things like what, you might think? Well, disrespect to begin with. Somebody is disrespectful to you, of course. Everybody will understand that you were upset. Lies. People lying to you and they lie all the time is understandable. You are upset because somebody was lying to you. When you see the abuse, people abusing children, people abusing the poor, people abusing employees, people abusing women, people abusing elderly, people abusing foreigners, people abusing others with less cap capabilities, with disabilities. And what about crimes? When there is a crime, of course you're going to be upset. There are reasons that justify your anger. There are reasons when you can just say, this is just unacceptable. Now, what is what Paul, in Ephesians, what is what the Lord God is telling you today, my friend? Read it with me. When you are angry, don't let that anger make you sin and don't stay angry all day. Two words that are important here are that anger can make you sin. Make you. In other words, force you. So you are not in control anymore. It's not your mind. It's not your heart. It's not God. Anger make you sin. But even if you have moments when you lose the cool, don't stay angry all day, much less the whole week or years for something that happened. You have to calm down eventually, my friend, because that's not good for you. <laughs> you know what is interesting in this story with the Lord Jesus and those guys in the temple? If you read with me here in chapter 21, verse 14. Read this. It's so precious. It says, Some blind people and some who were crippled came to Jesus in the temple area. Jesus healed them. This is immediately after he kicked out these people and he turned the tables over. Do you see this? It's immediately after that. Now, how can you explain this? One moment, you are upset. Next second, you are healing people. What is this? Are you bipolar? No. Simply, he knew how to handle his anger. Do you see that? I really would love to be there watching the Lord throwing stuff on the ground and turning the tables over 
and kicking them out of the temple area. I would love to see that. I would love to hear the tone of the voice of the Lord when he says, these people, they are changing. This house, should, this temple is a place, it's a house of prayer, but you are making it a hiding place for thieves. I would love to see and hear the tone of his voice because for some reason, my friend, I got the feeling that even though he was anger, angry, even though he was really upset about the situation and his body, you know, did things, you heard the words, I have the feeling that he didn't look like a maniac. He didn't look like someone that is out of control because he never allowed anger to control them. What about you? Yes, there are many things that are terrible. Crimes, abuse, etc. Disrespect. You have the right to be upset. It's okay to experience anger, but you need to control that anger. You need to learn how to handle the anger, my friend. Imagine that after that, immediately after he, the Lord Jesus, cleaned up the area. And of course, those people, they came to pick up their stuff, grab their tables. They, get, they got their gear. They got to go. They thought, well, maybe tomorrow we can do it again. Who knows what they were thinking? But the point is, after that, blind people and crippled people came searching for Jesus because they thought something. He really cares for the holiness of this place. And there is where the miracles happen. In a church where we care for the holiness of the church, the holiness of, to begin with, the pastor's mind, pastor's life, pastor's family, the holiness of the church, the purity in, in our purposes, there is where the miracles happen. And I believe that there is no one day that the Lord is not performing a miracle for somebody related with us. To begin with myself, my wife, my children, grandchildren, and everybody else in the church. I see that happening constantly. Because of the purity that we carry in Victory Church. Because we are aiming toward, towards holiness, heaven, eternity. Not after the prophet, but after the pure purposes of the gospel to reach out the world. And that brings glory to God. And people that are blind or crippled, they see that and they say, I want what you have. Can you help me, please? People were healed that day. Immediately after he threw these people away, when he was angry. What that tells you? Yes, we can be upset. We can be really angry with some injustices in the world. But not because of that. We are going to carry anger. Carry bitterness. My friend, 
I cannot support a preacher that is speaking to somebody like he is so angry, like he wants people to go to hell, something like that. Like he's looking to blame somebody. Is really the president the responsible of our disasters in this country? One person is responsible for our disasters, a party. And then four years later, it's another president and another party. You got to be kidding. What, what kind of preaching is that? Preaching? It sounds more like a tribune where they just go and vent their own miseries. That's not the purpose of the gospel. It's about the Lord God. It's about Jesus. It's about the holiness of the church. Then is where the miracles happen. Anger without control leads you to destruction, my friend. Calm down. Calm down, my friend. In your home, when you are driving, when you are doing business, when you are in the store, when you are online, wherever you are, anger without control leads you to destruction. You need to learn to calm down. Things that are, that are very practical things that will help you. Number one, stop talking when you are angry. Learn to breathe. Just breathe. So you can calm down. Because if you keep talking, if you keep texting, <laughs> if you keep emailing back and forth, if you keep calling and leaving another nasty voicemail, or saying things, escalating the issue, it's just destruction right there in front of you. Because you have not learned to control anger. That's not good for you. You need to learn to calm down, my friend. The Lord will lead you when you learn to breathe and let go. Part of the things that you will learn as you stop talking and you start to breathe in and out. Is to learn to let it go, the offense, the aggravation. I will give you a very simple advice that if you follow, you will find so much richness on this. Something upset you, you are very angry, grab a piece of paper when you are like that and write down the cause of your anger. What is what they said that make you so angry? What is what he is doing that is make you so angry? What is what she is saying that is making you so angry? What is what is happening around you that is making you so angry? Write it down. Write those things down. Keep breathing. 
and then the Lord will lead you. Eventually, you come back to those notes, and then you will reason, and you will say, you know what? This is not right, and I have to do something about it. But you will do it right, because you took the time to calm down. Relaxing yourself. Whether you go to another place, take a sip of water, <sighs> chilling, relaxing. Do you know that the Holy, the Holy Spirit right now is upon you, my friend? In this very moment, the Holy Spirit is upon you and is touching you. And you might feel like crying because you have seen in your mind, in the screen of your imagination, so many episodes of your life when you were breaking things, throwing things, hurting people, hurting yourself, saying things, loosening the cool so many times that you right now feel awful about it and you are so sad for the damage that you have made in people's lives. And the reason why you feel this way is because you are willing to listen and reflect. So the Holy Spirit is touching you. He's, the Holy Spirit is moving you so you can get rid of those things. God wants to forgive you, my friend. He wants to change you. He wants to make you new. Imagine you are a glass and the glass is dirty. So pressure, water with pressure is cleaning it out. It's the Word of God that cleans you out, makes you clean. That's why the Holy Spirit is upon you, because He loves you. And He knows that you had difficulties since you were little to handle your anger. But you are improving, right? You are getting better. And today is a new day, it's a new opportunity. You are just becoming a new person. You say, oh my gosh. I wish I could know this before. I wish somebody would teach me this before. Why until now? Well, I will tell you this is never too late. It's never too late. You can change now. You are changing your future. You are changing your stars. My friend, the Holy Spirit is touching your heart. And that touch of God in you is going to bring healing. That bitterness that you have had for, for a long time because somebody hurt you or maybe several people hurt you. Today is the day that you need to let it go. And simply say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. So quietly, Just say, say something like this, such and such, I forgive you for what you did to me. Such and such, I forgive you for what you said about me, for what you said to me, for what you told me, for what you did to me, for what you didn't do to me, 
for the way that you treated me, how much you disrespected me. I forgive you such and such. Keep on going. Just say their names. Say it. You know, when you say the name, you are getting rid of that bitterness, that mini bitterness inside of you. Just say the name of this person and say, from the bottom of my heart, today I decide to forgive such and such and let it go. Now breathe in and out, my friend, and receive now the forgiveness of your sins. Receive now the purity in your heart. You are free and you are being healed from that bitterness. No more bitterness ever again. Cry, cry all that you want. The Lord shows me people right now being so touched. I know, I know what is happening. I can see it. Even though I'm I'm not there with you physically, I'm there with you and, and the Lord shows me how much are you crying, how deeply you are touched by God in those words that you heard today with faith, because that faith is what is transforming your life and making you a new person. And with the healing of your soul and your emotions, you receive healing now in your mind. I see people that are being healed in their brains, damages in their brains like strokes, Issues with fibromyalgia are being healed right now, destroyed all illnesses. Issues with neurons, issues with, with the brain. Neurologists have told you that there is no hope for you. There is, here's, here's the answer. In the name of Jesus, you are healed. It doesn't matter what the neurologists say, my friend. The power of God is greater, the word of the Lord Jesus is more powerful than the word of a neurologist. Whoever he is or she is, you are healed. And that heat that you feel right now in your head, that is the Lord healing you, healing you. Just breathe in and out and cry. Cry all that you want. Sob. It doesn't matter. Grab more paper towels, whatever you need. Other people are being healed in their digestive system as a result of this. You have had tremendous problems with your intestines because issues that you had with people, today is the day to be healed. And there, there, there is someone that is very angry with, with himself, with herself. And that's you. I got your attention now, right? You are so upset with yourself because you allowed certain things to happen to you. They abused you. They lied to you. They took advantage of you and they hurt you deeply. And you don't have not much against those people, but against you. Today, the Lord says to you, let go. It's not your fault. You need to learn to forgive, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. What happened, happened. It's in the past. So you are free today of that. Free, totally free. Receive right now. That touch to be free. Totally free in the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. Share with me the testimony of your testimony of your healing. Send me an email. Info at the church.us. Share that precious testimony with me. I am so happy to see and know in my heart the healings that the Lord is doing in the life of hundreds of people. And I want you to know that I am praying for you and I love you. I do love you, my dear viewer. I, I pray that you will be encouraged today with this message. And more importantly, that today will be the day of the salvation of some people that never have experienced the forgiveness of their sins. So today is the day. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in me, believes in him, will not be lost, but have eternal life. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Well, you are free of sin. I absolve you from your sins. Today, I impart in your life, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the forgiveness of your sins. You are forgiven and renewed. And your life is totally new from now on. Amen. Amen. This is a great day. This message, Angry Redhead, led you to this point of joy. The joy has been restored in your life. And with that joy, I want to invite you, share this message with somebody. Somebody else must be blessed. So do it. Find the link, whatever the platform you are watching is. Bchurch.us is where you can find all this and share it with somebody. From Odessa, Texas, in the name of our Lord God, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the name of Victory Church and my own family, I say to you, thank you for watching and connecting. I'll see you next time. Angry Redhead Worship Service 282, March 20, 2022. Thank you so much for watching. Good morning. Let me invite you to download or install Gian TV, which is our Roku channel. If you have a Roku TV or a Roku device, don't hesitate to install this free, absolutely free Roku channel. You will be able to watch wonderful videos, all the categories that we have here. So go to search channels, search for Gian TV, and then hit install. Don't forget to give us a five stars if you like our videos. Thank you so much for watching. You Also you took all of my tears You make me feel loved, you make me feel good I love your words, you changed my world You make me feel loved, you make me feel good I love your words, 
And fool I can be Considering my situation I cry out Where are you God? You promised me to be with me Here all the time You said that I will not be alone You promised me that you will be with me No matter what, no matter what And I know you are mine
disappointed you quite many times I failed I messed up big time acting right was not my style no more sad days now all is bright the sun is shining with its light I feel the wind blowing off my skin I feel your love coming, you're my spring The winter is over, no more snow My heart you filled with your love now in my home I hear the birds I see the kids playing, boys and girls Hear the explosion, because my life is in commotion I feel that I am falling down Whoever saves me must have a crown like the flower needs the sun, like the ocean wants the moon, like the grass your airplane be my shining star tonight I need you badly in my life It is absolutely amazing what I am feeling Never before I experienced what you have done to me. I know that in the past, I didn't see things as I do now. But honestly, you have changed everything for me. And uh, I don't want to let it go. I don't want you to go anywhere. Stay here with me, by me, because you make me feel alive. And I know that you love me, and I love you. I love you with all of my heart, I belong to you. You brought me a new life, a life that is absolutely profound, real, and true. Beneath the moon 
with me, you are so right, you are my starina. You came to me, you rescued me, you are so right, you are my starina. by Giancarlo Vicitoro. I know you have suffered, but what if you would have never met your mom because she died giving birth to you? That's the beginning of Simon's story. Then Simon's father died when he was only 15 years old. He was sent to a foster home where he was bullied, humiliated, and there was no one to protect him. But Simon decided to find a way to get his revenge by studying and becoming good at sports. He won a scholarship, and soon he started his own business, Simon Yardwork. Mean people were envious of his success, but one day, Simon met and fell in love with Jackie. They were happy, until the FBI arrested Simon due to clues that incriminated him with several murdered people. Will Simon end up in prison? Don't miss the outcome of this story, The Best Revenge the musical that will inspire everyone to pay good for evil. Go to mygiancarlo.com to purchase The Best Revenge on audio and video. Hey, 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 hey! That's all, that's all, that's all, folks! <laughs> Time to go home! <laughs> Ciao!